Hello and welcome to The Lou Review. This is your host, Rosa, and my special guest today is Anoush Shariat. You may have heard of Anoush Bistro, and so I want you to meet the man behind the... In the kitchen. <laughs> so, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you for joining me today, I appreciate you having me on. Well, definitely. You're kind of the stuff of legend around Louisville. You yeah, have... when you get old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Some people get old and there's nothing to say. Well, but I feel hope. like there's a lot to say about well, you. Well. So, um, you own a new Spistro. Correct. Could you describe a new Spistro for us? Well, we've got... When uh, when when we came up to the location, we wanted to, um, I wanted to have a place that it was really for locals, mm-hmm. and Anush Bistro is really. Uh, uh, our focus is providing a great place for locals to come, mm-hmm. also a place for local farmers to. To bring their products so we can showcase because yeah. really we can't do what we do without great product exactly. and the great product are Kentucky especially we're very great blessed with you know a good growing environment mm-hmm. uh, and the growing season is also is not too bad from May on there's mm-hmm. lettuces things like that and then moves on to fall and so we, it's fair to say seven, eight months worth of growing. So it allows us to take advantage of those. And, and your menu is seasonally rotates through those. Correct. Because the I mean, the majority of menu. Uh, I mean, we do three seasons, really four seasons, but three three changes a year. Okay. And some of it overlaps. Um, because we're not a big restaurant, so uh, we. Uh, the volume we do, we want to make sure that people see our product. Mm-hmm. And uh, our our focus is to give uh, fresh fresh food prepared. You know, uh, some of it is prepared in the classic, and some of it is kind of uh, modern. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, what we are able to do, bring flavors from all over the world, yeah. whether it's the spice or different product. So, you are a classically trained chef, correct? Yes. And um, did I hear you went to like a French cooking school? I, I right? did French German, French um, German in the beginning, and uh, then I did Italian, of course, and mm-hmm. uh, I just enjoy cultures, and mm-hmm. I think... There's no other way to know people, to eat, mm-hmm. sit down and eat with them and eat their food. Mm-hmm. So being from Iran, um, I was exposed to you know Persian food or what have you in Iran. Different regions have their own cooking because yeah. kind of like here, when you go to South, you have the Southern touches. <laughs> and I lived in Texas, so I did Southwest cuisine, and uh, that's in the beginning of you know back in eighties, <laughs> <laughs> where Southwest was you know uh, conceived, and uh, people started to you know was in Texas and uh, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. couple of chefs there and uh, so I was on fortunate enough to be part of that and uh, so 
Are you talking about Southwest Airlines? No, Southwest Cuisine. Southwest Cuisine so became a thing unto itself. Unto itself. Before that, uh, nobody used chilies, for instance. In town. Oh, really? You know, and then when you said uh, Southwest Cuisine, everybody uh-huh. thought barbecue. Or, yeah. So they're taking those uh, unique chilies that mm-hmm. are growing in that area yeah. and then incorporating it into the food because we, we, we felt like Mexican food would have that. But mm-hmm. then in Texas, it was Tex-Mex, you know? Yeah. So it wasn't really Mexican. So uh-huh. bringing all those flavors and then adapting it to a uh, modern and with a nicer product, you yes. know, like uh, uh, rib or like doing it with uh, uh, fresh fish. And so it, yeah. it was, uh, so that was another type of cuisine that I got exposed to. So, but that also draws from Mexican cuisine. So mm-hmm. uh, from Oaxaca and uh, especially the, that's one of the more major uh, culinary of Mexico, yeah. and uh, and then if you go to southern, you know, Central America and Southern America, South America, so then you have all the Argentinian and Brazilian influence, but so with French, Italian, mm-hmm. and. Then, uh, you know, uh, but you're a, from Iran, right? So, so I was, and then so I lived in South, uh-huh. so I got exposed to, you know, uh, good <laughs> fried chicken, <laughs> right? And then <laughs> and it changed your change, life, and then, uh, you know, <laughs> greens and all that. But, uh, but you know, the cuisine would might be from different places, but they have a, has a lot of um things in common, similar elements, oh, element, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what role did Persian uh, cuisine play in your love of cooking? I'm a picky eater. <laughs> did it make you be a picky eater? <laughs> my mother was, my family, my mother especially was a phenomenal cook. And she was the, you know. So you the, weren't too picky to eat her food? I would criticize it all the time. Oh, at my age, goodness. Even at age five, 10, 8, 5, oh, yeah. I bet I mean, she loved that. Oh, she, she used to. And sometimes she would give in. She said, I just rushed it. Oh. <laughs> so I, I just she knew I was picking up. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, really I was, uh, uh, you know, I, I was... I don't know how it became. I mean, I was very particular about what I ate. Okay. And, uh, and so, did that make you want to cook for yourself to then, meet well, your own standard? Well, I could until I went to Germany because mm-hmm. to go to school, and uh, I was fourteen. So I never. Everybody did cook for me before then, and now mm-hmm. I didn't never cook. So I was exposed. So I ended up being exposed to a lot of different foods because mm-hmm. I ate at the employee. I mean. School cafeteria slash, yeah. you know, uh, different you didn't get uh, to places. Huh? Yeah, and yeah, I didn't have enough money to go to real restaurants unless my brother took me. Oh. And my sister, she's uh, sister-in-law. She's Swiss, so she's Swiss. So I'm exposed oh. to. I was exposed as a young age in Iran, even to French and uh, Swiss food. So. so you moved to Germany when you were 14, is uh-huh. that right? Was that to go to school, or uh-huh. did your whole family move there? No, they just shipped me out. I think oh. I was trouble. Maybe it was oh. because I was picky either. Did they send you to boarding school? <laughs> uh, actually, initially it was supposed to. My brother already was in Germany okay. studying his doctors. Mm-hmm. 
So Did I went to live. school at the same school as you before uh, or uh, well, like ahead he, of you? he was way ahead of me. I was okay. still in high school, mm-hmm. you know, so I had to finish high school. And, mm-hmm. and then uh, I decided when I went to Germany, I went to technical school mm-hmm. because over there after, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, mm-hmm. you can, there are schools that are totally geared toward your, uh, for instance, you can become uh, engineer mm-hmm. or um, civil engineer, different, I mean, more technical. Mm-hmm. So Don't they test you in high school in Germany to see what you're adept at and then that really sets incur- you on a path? They encourage you. They, your motivation is also really important mm-hmm. uh, to for them to, to put you in that program. Right. Um, so with me, it was electronic engineering. You went into electronic engineering? Right. And this was at edge of electronic. You're too young to know. <laughs> yes. We didn't, we, did, we, had, we had just digital watches just came out. Oh, wow. <laughs> My goodness. So it was interesting. And computers still use uh-huh. this thing called cards that you programmed. Yeah? Yes. You mean floppy disks? No, it's no. way before floppy before disks. Before floppy disks. It was a punch cards. Punch cards. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was back in the day. Right, wow. floppy days. Ooh, that's way advanced. <laughs> that's fifteen years later. Oh my goodness! Did you help invent the floppy disk? <laughs> Might as well. Might as well. Right, you were there. Oh, oh man! I so mean, nobody, nobody knows floppy disk anymore. I mean, you've right? seen it and forgotten. I think I found one in my stuff not too long ago. Well, I remember my dad had one of those DOS computers uh-huh. when they. I don't even know when things first came out because I feel like I grew up in Tennessee. Right. And what from what I've heard, that means you're like five years behind the rest of America. I don't know. No, it was, um, uh, yeah. but he had a DOS computer, and I remember probably him having floppy disks. late eighties. Yeah. Well, I remember this from ninety eight. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> yeah, and floppy disks really uh, late eighties. Uh, mm-hmm. The computer. Uh, they were larger mm-hmm. at first, but the small floppies that you saw, that was mm-hmm. then, uh, se- you know, several ger- generation later. Mm-hmm. And that's what they used instead of, like, now we have jump drives. Uh, well, well, when, when now we saved the cloud, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, you could only do, like, uh, today's... Pro- you could put anything on there because yeah. the programs are so, you know... The so memory limited. wasn't there, so it's a small program. So, yeah, yeah you, you know, you could put a, one picture on there. <laughs> So then how did you go from electrical engineering to well, when, to Well, when I moved from, uh, my sister lived in Houston, Texas, so I decided to come to U.S. Mm-hmm. and go to, to uh, continue my education. Mm-hmm. So in... Uh, continue education in electrical engineering. Go okay. to a university here. Okay. And so moved to the Houston, Texas, but mm-hmm. after I moved there, she got transferred to Dallas, Texas. Oh. So I'm, I moved to Dallas, and Dallas, uh, uh, at that point, 1979, the Iranian Revolution, whatever you call it, happened and kind of uh, dried up all my uh, funding that came from oh. my parents. Okay. Then, uh, then uh, there was a, really a block on, you know, Iranian students, you know, uh, there was a deportation, issue oh. so were you in danger of getting deported 
Oh, they shipped a lot of people. I had to, so, uh, and because my sister, because she worked for the embassy, we uh, we got asylum, and, you know, later on, um, I think we, the, the, the uh, president uh, kind of gave everybody that was in the U.S. Mm -hmm. before a certain year uh, immunity. Okay. So that uh, that uh, gave us a path, or gave me a path to uh, residency and citizenship. Oh, that's great. So, but mm -hmm. that changed things. But while I was doing all that, I had to work, you know, eat. So yes. I worked in a restaurant. Yes. <laughs> and then, and because I was picky eater, even in Germany, I, mm -hmm. I ended up working in a restaurant because I wanted oh. to. So I learned a lot. And then when I moved, uh, uh, so I worked in a restaurant in Texas, and then that's, uh, they thought that was natural. I, I tried to get out of that business, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so I moved on through the ranks and uh, did, uh, did several different restaurants and hotels and uh, uh, ended up uh, uh, opening uh, restaurants for people that uh, knew me or, and uh, so. Opening them as the chef? As a chef, yeah, mm -hmm. they hired me to, uh, you know, design it or open it, and mm -hmm. so uh, that's how. Uh, I, I mean, uh, one of the things I did actually, I made a decision at a younger age. I said, uh, I, when I was able to go to school, I said, okay, I have all this experience. If I go to school, I have to go four years, then come up and work for minimum wage, and I was making way more than minimum yeah. wage. So, you don't want to, like, regress and go back. So I, you, I decided to I set some goals, mm -hmm. you know, become a chef mm -hmm. uh, or executive chef. And then uh, I, by year, I, I had a thing about 30, 30, by 30, before 35, owning my own restaurant. And that was your goal? Those, I set those goals up, yeah. yeah. Nice. And uh, I did it. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Did you beat your goal? I think or was so. It like I right think, at thirty-five. <laughs> uh, I think our first, uh, uh, my first restaurant. It was. Uh, I, I got to go back and check the year, but uh, <laughs> I okay. think it was before thirty-five. Okay. I would, uh, you know, I, I got married to my ex, you know, previous wife, and uh -huh. uh, and now uh, uh, we were expecting our first child. That's how I moved to Kentucky. Oh. That's a, How did that bring you to Kentucky? Because I had the job offer here. They wanted me to take an executive chef job at yeah. uh, Remington's here. And okay. it was a restaurant created by this gentleman, Charles Osborne. And he, mm -hmm. he, he was a very, uh, you know, he, uh, he liked this restaurant. And then uh, they had a hard time at uh, running it. And at that point, Louisville had few restaurants. And uh, so I moved from Texas for that particular restaurant. Uh, ended up in Kentucky. Okay. Now, um, when did you become a vegetarian? I was vegetarian from a young age. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was that part of your pickiness? Yeah. And, <laughs> but <laughs> there was a difference. Okay. <laughs> uh, I saw I saw things getting slaughtered, and uh, oh. uh, I think that's really turned me off from beef. In Iran? Yeah, I was mm -hmm. five or six. Okay. So why? And they told me that's where your food comes from. Then mm -hmm. it was like, no, no, thank well, you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I didn't really know why I wouldn't eat meat. So when they put food in front of me, I would pick 
around it. Yeah. And my mother would cut a cheat and make ground beef, say, that's not beef. So I, I didn't know the difference. Right, right, right. So, so you it was know, definitely more yeah. a mental thing. It, was, than it started a taste as a mental thing. And then uh, later on, when I went, so. Uh, but uh, but I loved cold cuts and mm-hmm. I loved uh, you know sausages, salamis and mm-hmm. mortadellas and uh, mm-hmm. you know. And when I moved to Germany, I had to really eat because yeah. there was no being picky. Because if I, if you didn't eat, you that's just that's what they give you in school, right? Yeah, yeah. You had a dollar, and that's all I got you. Yeah. So I couldn't go out get something else because it was much more expensive. Right. Um, but I, I I ended up trying everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the meats, all the food. It was back in, um, I think, uh, uh, right at the 80s that I started, when I got into cooking more, I realized food ingredients. Mm-hmm. And at that point, uh, the big Probably, you know, the antibiotic in milk, for instance, uh, was pretty uh, uh, talked about. And, yeah. um, it was so really I, coming I, to the forefront for, of the right. conversation about what we what, eat and how that contributes to our health. And then I saw what they feed cattle, so that yeah. I made a commitment. And two, another reason was that most people that I worked with, uh, meat was, especially in Texas, you said... Mm-hmm. You eat meat, but everything else is just a garnish or decoration. Mm. So vegetables were, were, never was a, a focus. Mm. So people concentrated on the meats. Mm-hmm. So, and that had an issue for me. So I said, yeah. I said that, that would be a challenge for me to learn how to uh, elevate vegetables so yeah. people can like it. I mean, I remember most people just... Open canned vegetables and ate it, so that you know because mm-hmm. the produces would go bad. Nobody yeah. knew how to cook it, how yeah. to prepare it. I mean, uh, so that uh, that motivated me to to vegetarian food, but also mm-hmm. health reasons. Yeah, uh, because I I felt like our food is getting contaminated. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until later on that I discovered natural foods like. Um, I remember we exported a variety of beef from uh, um, Italy I, back then. It was mm-hmm. grass-fed, or mm-hmm. you know, oh, so wow. yeah. You had to go so, all the way to import grass-fed beef from Italy because you yeah. couldn't find any in the U.S. Well, U.S. just yeah. uh, we we feel like we corn, you know, gives it mm-hmm. that nice fatty texture to it, mm-hmm. which is true. But uh, the problem is, cows cannot digest it. Mm-hmm. So they, then you got to get an antibiotic so they don't get sick. Mm-hmm. So you have this vicious circle. Yeah. And so it allowed me to know more about product and food. And so with that, I started kind of working my vegetarian uh, 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 cuisine. In While you're in Texas. Well, at Texas and then here. And is that something that um, you could incorporate a lot in the, was it Remington restaurant? Well, when I came, I mean, still people were very uh, meat, meat forward, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the good part was I, w- I, I started bringing different mushrooms mm-hmm. and, um, you know, uh, presenting uh, vegetables differently that people didn't recognize it, mm-hmm. but they ate it. They said, <laughs> 
you know, like they wouldn't eat pumpkin, but they ate it when they said, what is it? I said, pumpkin, or, it, uh, mm-hmm. or you know, it's a, it's a broccoli, or, you know, uh, Brussels sprout now. Mm-hmm. I remember nobody would touch Brussels right? sprout. Right? Now, <laughs> now it's a sensation. <laughs> yeah, well, it's all uh, how you how you market it. I think yeah. they ended up marketing it because... And uh, it's a great part. It's good for you. It's great. Mm-hmm. But my biggest thing was always portion and uh, a moderation. Yeah. So I think uh, for me, I, I don't force vegetarian on anybody. Mm-hmm. But I suggest that uh, meat, uh, everything should be proportioned. Yeah. And you have to eat everything. Yeah. <laughs> eat all the colors the of the rainbow, right? Yes. Uh, throughout the day. What would you say is your favorite cuisine and why? Favorite cuisine is the one I'm cooking. There you go. Because <laughs> only you are going to make it to your palate, right? Right. Uh, but I think... I uh, felt like I knew the answer before, <laughs> but I had it written down to ask. But, but, uh, but I think uh, one of the things that I, I like to concentrate on or bring out is Asian cuisine. Mm. And the reason uh, is... And what do you mean by Asian? Asian is anything from... I mean, Iran even is in Asia. Right. So all the way from West Asia to East and Far East. Yeah. That's so a lot of variety to pull That from. is. <laughs> and that's why I'm saying I'm conscious because yeah. uh, spices, mm-hmm. then ingredients. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Ginger, for instance. Yeah. Or, you know, all this... Uh, uh, exotic vegetables that we feel like is exotic now mm-hmm. but it's part of it uh, and I think the other reason for that is in those cuisines again the vegetable uh, meat is a condiment is mm-hmm. because and the reason is because it was very expensive right so guess what you got a lot of rice based yeah. dishes and then yeah you put the other vegetables because they have the access to the vegetables with more limited access to correct meat, and right? you can grow vegetables in your backyard mm-hmm. i mean that's what we teach in our community now and you can eat all year yeah and um so but and then meat uh if you really go back in history it was commodity i mean people you know right they had uh, chicken was only on certain days because mm-hmm. they even here in South, I remember, you know, they had chicken. <laughs> and they they cut they cut the head, and, mm-hmm. and you had chicken and you know, freshness. So, uh, but really, uh, what I learned there was, uh, you know, the further you went, vegetable was cooked less, but there was tossing different sauces. So yeah. you know, so like curries, curries, and, oh, yes, I absolutely, love curries. and all kinds of fermented stuff. And yeah. you know. so I think. Uh, uh, and the reason I'm kind of grabbing, you know, you know, those, because I didn't do enough of it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, one of, because I spent a lot of time with Italian and French and all that. And then what we call new American cuisine or modern American cuisine, mm-hmm. which is a combination of all that plus mm-hmm. our Southern heritage or, yeah. you know, different. Uh, I did uh, Native American uh, cuisine for several times and uh, uh-huh. You know, fry breads and, you know, the salmon soup and, you know, uh, or sunflower soup. And uh, so I, because for me, food is adventure. Yeah. 
Me too. (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely how I got into this was um, seeing, exploring all these different options as an adventure. Right. And I don't know if I'll ever have time to leave Louisville because there are so many different options here. I mean, we're very lucky. Just from a new bistro, you Uh, could have a like global experience. Correct. Um, So, would you? would you tell us some more about, uh, you mentioned salmon that you eat, or fish that you used in the Native American um, theme you were going with, but what would you say the flavor difference is between farm-raised fish and wild-caught fish? Can you taste a difference? <laughs> oh, yes. Tell me about it. <laughs> well, I'm going to get co- closer for you. Okay. Chicken. Okay, chicken. Yeah, a natural raised chicken uh-huh. that is, you know... Grown on a regular feed, good feed. Mm-hmm. The meat is different. The texture is different. The density is different than what I what I call it, cotton chicken. Cotton chicken. Because they, the chickens, within three months, they're like mm-hmm. three or four pounds or five yeah. pounds. So the feed they give them is to plow. Plum, uh, make them plump. And they're so fat uh, and hard heavy, to walk. And yeah. heavy, so mm-hmm. they can get more money at the uh, at the slaughterhouse, I guess, or yeah. you know, sell it for more. Mm-hmm. So, uh, same thing with cow. Same thing with but fish. Uh, a fish that is uh, feeding on algaes and kelps and uh, let's say uh, depends on different type of fish. Are they eating different? Uh, shrimp or what have you because eventually more varied diet the diet is the key Mm -hmm. i think the diet is what determines how good the fish is Mm -hmm. and um the deeper the water the Mm -hmm. the the build up more fat or the you know they're different uh but i think things like salmon for instance um the my biggest issue right now is (laughs) Mm -hmm. our waters are polluted so i'm and I'm very careful about where I get the food or the fish sourced because yeah. uh, even a fresh, uh, what do you call it, uh, cod fish has to come from clean waters. Yeah. Right. And so, so I was thinking as we were talking about this, if it's a cleaner farm than the polluted waters they would have been in in the wild that you don't know where they were in the right. wild. Right, and, that, and that's happening these days. They have uh, large uh, pools that they create in ocean mm-hmm. and far enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, more importantly, they use, uh, again, fish for, you know, uh, for feed, they uh, feed fish. Fish, uh, you know, or, or you know, uh, 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 ocean or uh, organic material. Okay. Uh, to the fish, they're, they're not, not feeding them grains or right, whatever. exactly, yeah. or you know, uh, uh, carrots or <laughs> that's how they get the color <laughs> on some of the fish. Really, carabata carrot, yeah. <gasps> yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you are what you eat. Yeah, so. <laughs> that is exactly the truth. <laughs> Speaking of carrots, your carrots at a new bistro. Um, my work went there for like our Christmas dinner and I will never forget the carrots that I had there. I was like, these are literally the best vegetables I've ever had in my life. (laughs) I would eat more vegetables if they tasted like this. Well, we we respect (laughs) vegetables just as much as the meat and fish because that was the point we were talking about. 
Because, it made an impression. Right. I, I think uh, uh, we spent same amount of uh, energy and time on creating a good vegetable mm -hmm. that we could create a good meat yeah. or, or sauce. So that, and, and that's, uh, you know, or pasta, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, uh, people would eat more vegetables. Yeah. Uh, people, if we knew how to cook them better. <laughs> and they are eating more vegetables because mm -hmm. of it. I mean, I know several people I had fed spinach and then they hated spinach, but then they ate and said, I can eat this. Yeah. I said, yeah, because, you know. There is there is an overcooking process. There is an undercooking process. I mean, you know, uh, I remember early on in my career, these chefs would say, "Fat makes the ta food taste good," and that really pissed me off oh. because I said, "Why?" Because I was mm -hmm. not eating fat, of mm -hmm. course, because I was vegetarian. Right? You're <laughs> like, put, don't tell me oh, my entire life put, plan is wrong. <laughs> yeah, put it. I said. That, that's what I said. I said, you know, you can make vegetable taste good because they're vegetable. Yeah. <laughs> now you don't have to, you know. And, and I always, you can uh, season with things that are not fat. Right. And I always tell people, I said, oh, my mother really, she wanted me to eat meat so bad over, oh. even when I was in my 30s or 40s. Yeah. She never so, stopped being so, your mom, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I listened to her. I made a challenge with her. I said, you know, I tell you what, I give you the meat and then I take all the vegetables. See which one makes a better dish. Oh. She just didn't like that answer. Ooh. My goodness. <laughs> I said, you know, I take all your spices away. Oh, because, yeah, the because spices come so, from vegetables, don't they? Right. Yeah. So I think, um, but all food is good. And um, the biggest issue... Uh, Concern for me is making sure that our environment stays clean where we can mm -hmm. raise clean food. Yeah. One of the biggest uh, thing is the, you know, mega farms. Mm -hmm. we, we produce more, but then we waste more. Yeah. And you've invested in the community being healthier through food. Right. You made a cookbook called Eat Well, Love Life. Right. And that came out in 2020. Yes. And then I think you and I were just discussing that all the funds from selling that book go to your new nonprofit, Compassionate Cooking. Right. I mean, I think, uh, you know, compassion is one of the things my wife and I, Paula and I, really um, uh, aware of mm -hmm. uh, in our life and also in our, in our work. We try to be, you know. I think if we don't have, you know, we encourage people to be compassionate to each other or mm -hmm. have compassion. So, and eating well is kind of part of being healthy. And mm -hmm. if you eat well, you hopefully you live your life mm -hmm. and you have more compassion. Yeah. So what is the work of compassionate cooking? Where do you... Well, um, I think the, the again, because of COVID, a lot of our lunch was kind of dwarfed a little bit. And so we... Uh, we do help the community. We do. Uh, we help the uh, uh, local organization. Anything from apron that is a mm -hmm. restaurant uh, individual. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, a uh, financial support. Independent restaurant based, mm -hmm. and we do uh, cooking classes. Our goal really was to create a, a program that we can get people in school, teach them about. Uh, nutrition and 
uh, you know, what, uh, and food. Mm-hmm. Be- for, f- to eat food because of the nutrition it has. So, mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me. And uh, I think, uh, uh, you know, we try to also pick different organizations throughout the year and uh, mm-hmm. if they need help, uh, especially working with you. you young mothers that need help or kids yeah. uh, like blessings in a backpack right and make mm-hmm. helping them to make sure that they have a meal so throughout the year you're able to contribute to Do these different, different right. causes so you're right. kind of like Kentucky. collecting funds to kind of redistribute really. to these Our organizations focus. that give out correct Okay. And then, you know, a lot of it is also to restaurant industry or we mm-hmm. see if there is a, someone that we know or they reach out to us, mm-hmm. we, we definitely help. That's fantastic. And Thank we, you. For we raised that. most of the funds through the book sales. There was a, uh, some great individuals that donated to us, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, eventually to our goal is, uh, you know, create a... Uh, created, uh, take the compassion and cooking into an organization that uh, hopefully evolves and does more. And in order to do more, you got to do more fundraising. That's so true. So, um, is are you wanting the cooking classes to be a bigger part of that? Uh, it's part of it, I think. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, uh, biggest issue with our society, I mean, I'm grateful to have Food Network and, mm-hmm. you know, all these good shows. Mm-hmm on TV mm-hmm. and hopefully kids watch it. But I think also when, uh, when you can afford or we can, so find a better way to eat. Yeah. That's our focus. That's fantastic. Well, I, I've loved learning about all these different things that you're doing in the community. And um, what, go, what do you see going forward for Anoush Bistro? I, know you... I mean, we want to continue to be a, a, a local, local place that people can come and uh, get great food, great service. Uh, we like to be innovative. We like to be on the edge with some of our product and... Uh, but I want to be a place that you can come and sit and leave your body <laughs> <laughs> for a couple of hours and have come a transporting back. experience. <laughs> Absolutely, the food. yeah. Yeah. I always tell people when they when I see them at the restaurant, I say, just forget about your daily hustle bustle. Mm-hmm. Just be in the moment. Let us take you away. Just have a good conversation. Let us bring you food and. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, drink beverage, whatever you like, and uh, we'll make it, we'll make it, uh, we'll make sure that uh, you you come back in the same location. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. And that's what I have loved about trying so many different places in that, I know most people like to go to the same place over and over again, and obviously we want to encourage them to go to a new Spiester a whole <laughs> yeah. lot, um, but when you go to the same place over and over again, I feel like a lot of the times it's almost a mindless activity. Um, of course, with a rotating menu seasonally, like you have, you have a different experience every right. time. Um, I get grief for it because you I, get grief <laughs> for it because you don't have their favorite thing. <laughs> exactly, that, favorite. This. But I like that. I say I bring it back. You know, and you know next season. <laughs> right, but I think also when, to your point, uh, we get in life. We should be a little bit uncomfortable. I don't know I'm wording it right or not, but uh, we, I want to push people out of their comfort zone. That's how you know you're alive, right? Yeah. And because, you know, getting the same ingredients, and I had that experience at the restaurants that I owned, or, you know, 
Uh, oh, I've been getting this. I said, you should try this. Really? I should try it? But I love this. I said, no, you should try this. And <laughs> it's so true. You know, and, uh, and when I was able to convert to quite a few people that are <laughs> really what I call, the, you know, uh, they're picky either or, mm-hmm. you know, or comfortable where they realize that so many other things. Yeah. They, that's what we do at the Rich Bistro. Monthly, we do a food, uh, food, uh, a, a dining uh, every third uh, Thursday of the month. Mm-hmm. Of course, this this year, this month is falling on 16th. Usually, mm-hmm. it's third because of Thanksgiving coming mm-hmm. up. But uh, I'm bringing Chef Ping Louis, which is a Ooh. great chef, and uh, he's doing his uh, Asian inspired menu uh, for us on Wednesday. And, uh, so is this like a ticketed event that you do? We, we promote it and uh, people can sign up and can make reservations. So okay. the last one was uh, dining with me throughout the history, my history. Oh, previous to that. Oh, shoot, I missed it. Oh. <laughs> previous to that was uh, we did a seafood dinner. Mm-hmm. We do, and this year we haven't done it yet, but we do fall game dinner. So uh-huh. they all have uh, a little, little, uh, and uh, so we tried to kind of get out, get out of our own comfort level and push ourselves <laughs> to do other things yeah, to have a same. different theme because right. you as a vegetarian you're having a game dinner right. look at you okay <laughs> about official game <laughs> <laughs> they better be some healthy games <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which is okay i think uh, you know uh, uh, i always uh, i taught for 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 throughout the history uh, if you go back Domesticated, domesticated animals really was for survival of the families yeah. or, uh, you know, like eggs for chickens and, you know. So they can make it through the winter, Through the right? winters yeah. and all that. So we, hunting was, what we hunted was the meat mm-hmm. that we ate because, you know, uh, if you had, uh, let's say, a farm with sheep, mm-hmm. you, you wouldn't need, you, you know, you wouldn't need your own sheep. You sell right. it and you buy something else. So mm-hmm. I think uh, uh, that's, uh, you know, throughout the history, we we learned to just share. Yeah. And I think uh, we need to keep that going. And I love how you're sharing space with other people like Chef Pete right. Louie. That's amazing. We have so many great chefs in Louisville. We're and... great. It's a great town. I mean, right. I, I, early so on, and, uh, you know, a lot of my friends and, you know, Especially last, you know, last night I was talking to Kathy Carey and some of the older, what I call them, the uh, senior chefs. <laughs> the legends. <laughs> the legends. <laughs> I like legend better. You senior like that? Is okay. Yeah. So you have a new term now. You have your le- so maybe that the, yeah, maybe, so, maybe that can be a theme. Have a legendary right, dinner. Right, and we we talked about doing a dinner together with oh. Kathy and different things. So I'm, I'm still you know as long as my health is uh, allows it, I will do it. Fantastic! Thank you so much for sharing your joy of exploring food with the rest of us. And well, I'm sorry to talk so much. No, don't oh, be that's... sorry. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness, I came here to I'm not talk. a good storyteller, but okay. Hey, you have a great story though. And oh, thanks. I, I'm honored that you will share it with us. Oh, thank you. Thank so, you for giving me opportunity. Yeah. I like it. Well, it's so nice to get to know you better, and you have a great day, Anoush. Thank you. Come see him at Anoush Bistro. Buy his cookbook, Eat Well and Love Life. Um, that supports the Compassionate Cooking Nonprofit. And then follow this podcast, The Lou Review. Hit that subscribe button to be notified of the next episode. We'll see you there in the next one. Bye.